Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to the Iron Brew Podcasting Conversation Series. Brad Mell and Matt Blanchard for this one. And today we're chatting to another recent player of ours, someone that since leaving the club has gone on to have quite a lot of success with Northampton. And we'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, Charlie Good, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thanks guys. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Uh, so as we always do, let's go through your career in a bit of a, cr- a chronological order. Uh, so you begin your youth career at Fulham, I think you released at 15, but how did joining Fulham come about? And I think they would have been uh, top flight at the time, wouldn't they? Yeah, I, th- I think they was at the time, um, to be honest. I think they might have been flicking through both the champ and the prem um, at some point whilst I was there. But no, I was, I was playing, I was actually at Watford as a kid, um, playing the development centre and I was very small and then... Uh, my, my dad knew someone, he worked with an elite squad alongside Fulham, um, so I, I joined with them. And uh, yeah, he got the opportunity to, to go abroad and, and play against some Italian and, and Spanish teams. And yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Obviously, I, I got to, I think it was 14, 15 years old and obviously it's quite surprising now, but I was I was so small. I was, I was playing right back at the time and I was really small and um, I just physically wasn't ready to, to step up and, and go through the academy and, and that's how I got released, really. Were there any players at Fulham at the time that have gone on to kind of get big moves or establish themselves in the Premier League? You know what? It's funny you say that because when I when I was there, there was so many so many talented young players. But I look back at the players that I did play with during that time, and, and there's actually not that many in the game. I can't think of anyone that's sort of above the League One, League Two level that I sort of played alongside. So it, it's sad to see because there's some good good young players out there, and there was there was at our time. But um, unfortunately, obviously, they've gone on to do different things. You mentioned there that you did start at right back, and then obviously with the, with you saying that the height was the issue. How how did that sort of come about? You changing to centre half, and is it a position that you actually prefer playing? Do you know what? Funnily enough, when growing up as a kid, I, I started as a striker, and slowly as the years went on, I was I was edging back towards <laughs> the, the, being a defender. And my dad's six foot four, so. Growing up, he was always telling me, listen, you're going to be a defender, you're going to be a centre-half. And I was always just saying, nah, I'm a striker, I want to score goals. But he was right, I was right back. And at the time, I was small, I was quite quick. And uh, yeah, I hit 16 and, and I had my growth spurt. And it was, I knew at that case that I was going to become a centre-half. And going through non-league, I started at centre-half and, and it's gone from there, really. Yeah, you obviously played in the in the lower leagues and non-league in London and you were spotted um, by Scunthorpe playing for Hendon. When did you first hear of the interest and were there any other clubs interested in, at the time? Yeah, so that, that the start of that season I was working um, for the family business and I was just playing football for fun really and I started at AFC Hayes um, and then I signed for Hendon just before Christmas and they were a team that were doing well at the top of the, top of the league at the time. So I thought, yeah, it's, it's a great move. I was, I was earning good money alongside working and I thought, yeah, let's do it. Probably got to about February, March. I've been there about three months and we, and we were still up there fighting for the title. And then and then my phone just started to ring, which which obviously I've, I'd never experienced at that time. Agents were calling me saying um, they can get me trials at Crystal Palace and Premier League teams. And at that time I was working, I just said, that's, that's not for me. I said, like, I'm, I'm just trying to earn a living. Until someone come at me with something concrete, I was just cracking on as normal. And then I remember after one game, um, there was an agent there and he spoke to me and said that he had a, he had a League One club at the time who, who wanted to sign me. Um, that ended up being scum for, of course. And uh, yeah, that, that's how that one all started. I spoke to Mark Robbins before I did come up. And funnily enough, on, on the journey up to Scunthorpe that day, I, I, I met Wickham on the way. Obviously, I, I'd seen two in, two clubs in one day. And at the time, when I come to Scunthorpe, it felt like the best option for me and, and I don't regret that at all. So like you say, you do sign for Scunthorpe and that's in 2015. So it's obviously a big step up from what you've been used to previously. Uh, I think the Hendon boss at the time, he said that you were destined for bigger things. Uh, so were you in yourself confident that you were ready to make the step up? I, I knew it was going to be a, a big step. Um, I was obviously 18, 19 and I was playing at a relatively good non-league level. Um, and I never really, until I signed for Hendon, I never really believed that I've got the chance of becoming a professional, really, to be honest. Um, and then when when I did sign for Scunthorpe, I knew it was going to be a, a massive test. A massive. I remember coming in first day of pre-season, and yeah, I felt looking around the place like, wow, this this is this is different. Um, but to be honest, that pre-season, I just 
I was with myself and Mark Robbins uh, liked me and he, and he gave me some early pre-season games, which I was actually quite surprised about. Um, so, yeah, it was. I knew at that point then I could I could make the step up, but I had to be patient. I knew I knew I, like I was never going to walk into any professional team because I come from where I did. It's just a matter of showing what I've got and hopefully get an opportunity. You mentioned Wickham were also interested. So how how was the club sold you at the time? Was it kind of the the ambitions of the Championship football and and the new stadium and things like that that kind of swung your decision really? Yeah, I say I say you're right. I, mean, I remember coming in and. I think I can't remember what year they said the stadium was going to be ready, whether it was one or two years after I signed. Um, and obviously, I've seen the pictures and, and being young at the time, I was like, wow, if I'm signing a two year contract here, I might get the opportunity to play there. Obviously, that still hasn't happened, which is obviously, I, I don't know what, what went on there. But to be honest, comparing Wickham for Scunthorpe, I, I always wanted to sign for Scunthorpe. I spoke to Mark Robbins before and I felt like it was the, the right jump for me. They were going to, I could see by the signings they were bringing in. And there was a lot of a lot of quality, a lot of experience, and I, I honestly did think that we'd be would be right up there. So you said early on you did get some you know some preseason games, and early on you were making some appearances, uh, and in terms of like the training and things like that. But what what else were the the differences between the semi pro side and the uh, the professional game? Um, I th- obviously, I think the the full time the full time training was was a, a big difference in non league training. Probably Thursdays and Tuesdays, if you have a bad result, really, that's that's sort of how it worked. But the standard in training is, is is obviously a lot higher. I'm sort of half used to the physical side of it because non league is is known for being so physical. However, when you do get into the professional game, it's just how people then use their bodies. It's a lot different to non league. They use them in a clever way to get free kicks and and so on. So. It was mainly just that the stand the standard was, was obviously a big jump and and the full time training comes a bit of a shock to start with but but I got used to it. Is there anything you miss about that semi pro side of the game? I think if you ask people that have played in non league, if you have a good bunch with a good manager and a good setup, it, it's it's very very enjoyable. But obviously the professional game is this is my job at the end of the day. Like you come in, you get a bad result on a Saturday, you come in on Monday and Sunday, and you're still thinking about that result. Whereas you play a game on a Saturday in non league. You're, you're ready to work Monday morning, and football sort of in the back of your mind. So, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for anything. Um, probably the one the one thing you miss is, is going in the bar and having a beer after the game. That's just something that happens normally. Uh, just one on that, you mentioned there that you know, obviously the physicality is a big difference between the two levels. Uh, was there ever a point where that made you question? I guess you move uh, ahead, or was this always something that you were dead focused on doing? If someone had said to me at the start of that season, you got an opportunity of, of becoming a professional, I would have laughed at them because. It, I would never have thought that would be the case. So to get the opportunity as I did, it was never something I was going to say no to. Um, it's been a dream of mine, obviously, growing up as a kid. And I got quite close on a couple of occasions. But uh, as, soon, as soon as I knew of the interest and, and being a League One club, it, it was a no-brainer for me. Your first taste of league football came on that opening day at Burton. And uh, I think as fans, I think expectations were high. Obviously, we'd signed some players that summer. Uh, and it, it wasn't the best afternoon, but you did manage to get a goal yourself on your debut, so that must have been a, a really good feeling for you. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that that preseason we had under Mark Robbins was probably thinking back now probably the best one I, I had during my time there. We we were on fire. We had I remember playing Sheffield Wednesday, and we we scored four goals at home, and everyone really really thought we were looking good going into that season, and and so did we as players. We we definitely thought that. So I actually remember turning up at the game. At Burton and obviously Murph was there at the time and Andrew Boyce and to be honest I was, I was thinking I've not got a chance of making a squad here so I had a really good pre-season I thought but nah I'd be very surprised and and I walked in and I seen my shirt and obviously that day they, they left them two out and I thought wow like that's I'm involved I'm in the mix that's, that was a, a big bit of confidence in me and then obviously I saw Naz go down um, 30 minutes in and obviously I was like wow I've actually got an opportunity to come and make my debut here. And obviously, the, I scored a consolation in the 93rd minute. It, it, it was a nice feeling to score on your debut, one I'll never forget. But it was a disappointing result on a day. And obviously, I remember Luke Daniels got sent off. And yeah, it, it didn't turn out to be a great day for us. But certainly one I'll never forget. You mentioned there about not really expecting to be involved so early on. Uh, you mentioned Boyce, but I think you know there's a lot of other experienced players there at the time as well. Murray Wallace, of course, Dave Murphy, and I think Jack King as well was there. So, how, you know, was it a case that you're going to be in and out of the squad that year, which is what happened? Do you realise, I think, early on that you were going to have to be patient going into it? I was probably surprised because I think up until Christmas of that year, I think I'd played 15 games. Um, I hadn't missed the squad. Um, and I was thinking, oh, well, I'm, I'm doing well. Um, if someone said to me, I'll get 15 games in my first season in professional football before, before the turn of the year, I would, I would have absolutely laughed at them. Um, but obviously, I did get the chance 
it's still it's still in my head now. I remember playing Sheffield United at home and I missed an absolute sitter in the back back post and I didn't actually play again that year. And it still sticks to me now. If 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 I did put that in, what would have happened? But they're just the fine margins in football. But yeah, 15, 15 appearances, I think it was that year. And um, as my first year in a professional game, I probably would have taken it. That season obviously didn't go as planned. Uh, I think everyone was expecting maybe a playoff push and um, Robbins was ultimately sacked on the back of that. Uh, you've already mentioned you had a decent relationship with him and he was obviously the manager that brought you to the club. So we're kind of sad to see him go. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I got on really well with Mark Robbins um, and his assistant, uh, Ned. Ned Kelly, he, he was actually with me at Northampton um, for a few months this year as well. And I think they're probably the perfect few coaches that, that, that were right for me at the time. Um, they believed in young players and, and, and they did give me an opportunity. It was, it was, very, it was my first experience of, of seeing the manager sacked in a professional game. And it comes a bit of a shock because obviously I remember turning up for training and then we, we knew what the case was. And it, it's always sad when a manager gets sacked because you build relationships with them, whether, whether you get on well with them or not. It's always a, at the end of the day, it's the job. And um, obviously to be relieved of their duties, it, it was a sad day. But it's, in football, you, you see it so often now, you, you just have to get up and get on with it. And then, of course, we have a bit of a caretaker spell. I think Dawes and Dawson come in charge for a little bit. But Alexander comes in in March uh, and we go on a great run. You know, we play some good stuff and we narrowly miss out on the playoffs that season because we win at 2-0 at Sheffield United. So it must have been, I guess, a little bit disappointing that, you know, we didn't quite make it there. But was there a feeling in amongst the group that, you know, next year was going to be a really good season, given how we'd ended the previous one? Yeah, I think that's spot on. I think when Graham Alexander come in, obviously we probably was no not that close to the playoffs at the time. But I remember the momentum was building and slowly building up until that, that final Sheffield United game. And I think it was Barnsley Wigan. Um, and I was on the bench that day and I, I remember seeing the result come in and I was, it was, I was just shocked. And then I seen the highlights and... It wasn't great viewing, obviously, for the goalkeeper. But um, I still believe, looking back now, that you see so many teams that finish sixth and just sneak in with the momentum. I, I firmly believe that we would have done it that year. And similar to, to what's happened with me this year, like you just have the momentum that's building. And when you compare it to the to the season when we did, obviously, we were in the top two for the whole year. I think that looking back, that was probably one of our best opportunities if we did sneak in. How much of that do you think was down to Alexander coming in? And I guess, as you just said, it was your first time experiencing, you know, a change in manager. Do the fact that you're going on a good run, do you think that eased that transition for you personally? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think when he when he came in, I, I was always involved. I, I don't think I played, um, but I, I was involved, and I, I came off the bench once. But when a new manager comes in, obviously it's a new phase to show people what you got. So at the end of the day, everyone's on a clean slate, and, and you've got to show show him what you're all about. And um, I think we upped it then when he came in. Things were different. Training changed, and um, yeah, as, as I still say now, we, we finished that season brilliantly, and, and as you say, we, we continued it going on into next year. I think it certainly felt that all the fans were kind of behind the players for the first time in a, in a while, obviously, prior to you joining, actually. Did that kind of translate through to the players on the pitch? And, and did that really kind of um, get the players up for it heading into that summer? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, obviously, you could tell. I remember Sheffield United, like I've said a few times, that, that final day, we had so many of, of the fans there and it, it was a special day that, obviously, we got the result we wanted and it could have been a, a lot more special if things went our way. But you could tell at that point that we were going to be a force going into the next season under the management, bringing in bringing in a few new players that made a big difference. And just in and around the club at the whole time, we felt like we, we were a club that was going to be in and around the top end of League One at that point. So we're going into that second season then and we've spoken to a number of players that were in the squad around this time uh, and I think a uh, general consensus that they've all had really is that it was one of the toughest pre-seasons that they've done. Uh, so given that it's only your you know, second season as a full-time pro, how was that for you as well? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with what everyone said. Hardest pre-season I've done still to this day. Everything about it, the first day coming in, you're testing. There's a Saturday you do where you, you can literally leave your boots at home. And then obviously, as you know, we, we go to Austria a few times and you're up at half six in the morning, you're running around the lake, you're coming back, you're eating breakfast, you're out on the, on the training pitch again, coming back, eat lunch, training again. And then even you're coming back and you're doing gym at half six in the evening. And it, it was a mental test more than anything. That's one thing I learned. And obviously, I, I think that year I was um, in the same group as Murray Wallace and he, he can really run. Um, so... It, it was tough keeping up with Vim, but like you say, it, it's a mental test and, and, and you just have to get through it. That's one thing I, I learned. You just find a way and you, and you do find a way. No one no one's dropped out and never expected anyone to do that. On the back of that, we obviously have a great start to the season and um, put a really good run together. 
what was the feeling like in the dressing room, given we were kind of turning up most weeks and, and getting the results? Josh Morris was flying and obviously Kev and, and Dwayne as well, um, having really good starts to the season. Yeah, I think the feeling was, was really high. I think the results that we, we put together in that early part of the season was the best run of results that I, I witnessed. I don't think I was playing at the time, but it's, it's the best results I witnessed and, and some of the best football I'd seen. We were we were beating teams 4-5-6-0 at home and as you say, as longer it went on, the, the momentum was, was building and we got to a point where a lot of people were probably expected us to drop off, but we just didn't. We just, going up to Christmas, it just kept coming and coming and yeah, it was, the, the feeling around the place, everyone enjoyed coming in, you look forward to it and yeah, it was an exciting time for the club. So you make 27 appearances that season. Uh, obviously, we've got Murphy in alongside Wallace. So you know that, that's quite an achievement to say that those two are there. I think that one of the reasons for that is, of course, that Murphy picked up an injury partway through and you sort of take your chance. How, how do you approach that uh, really then? Because obviously, obviously, you don't want to see them get injured. But do you think you know, that, that this is my chance, this is my moment to you know, stake a claim? Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's right. Obviously, as a defender, when you've got two centre-arse and you're sitting there waiting for your chance and, and things are going well, you, you can't sit there and, and, and moan or see the manager about why you're not playing. Like I'm one of them that cheer the boys on. Uh, at, at the point, it was me, Murphy and Murray. I think we were the only three centre-arse at the club and we had the closest relationship. We did a lot of training together and Murphy was one of the one of the best guys I've, I've met in football still to this day. And Murray's, um was young at the time and he, he, he looked like he was uh, a lot older than he was, the way he went about things, how professional he was. So I learned a lot off them. And I remember it was at Coventry and I remember being on the bench and I seen Merthyn go down and it looked it didn't look like a great one. And I knew I knew this was an opportunity for me to then go and take that chance. And I think I had a good game that day. And um, yeah, look, looking back, that's probably my, um, I'd say that's probably my best spell in the team um, during my time at Scunthorpe. You mentioned that obviously people maybe expected us to drop off and after Christmas results did take a bit of a turn for the worse for a, for a spell. Um, why do you think that was? It, was? it was so strange because what we was doing so well, um, it, it just wasn't working and every result just didn't go for us. I'm trying to remember if, if, if I'm, you can correct me if I'm wrong, was it the whole contract situation at that point? I think it started to come in, in and around that time. Was, was that right? Or Yeah. yeah. Um, so... We had experienced players in the team at the time that probably expected to, who were doing really well, expected to get new deals or I think obviously sitting in the top two new deals or at least a conversation about it and, and, and it just didn't happen. And I think that did play a part. I don't like to say that it did, but it's just security for, especially the older players in the group because you never know, you could be in your mid-30s and you pick up one bad injury and, do you know what I mean, things aren't looking too good, but you still could have that security in the background and come back and come back far. And so as much as it was up to players to get out of that sticky run, I, I do think that whole contract situation did did play a little part in, in the downfall. So as we've said, you had a, a good run in the side, but then you yourself pick up quite a bad uh, ankle injury, which rules you out for most of the rest of the season and, and the playoffs, unfortunately. Uh, that must have been a, you know, a big blow personally, given that you had established yourself as a first team regular. yeah. Um, for sure, I think um, I think during my time at Scunthorpe over the, over the four years, that's probably um, the one time that I really felt like I, w- I was showing what I had. I was still young at the time, but I was playing in a team at my age that was fighting at the top of the league, and felt really good. And yeah, it was such a tough blow because I think Murph was actually just coming back fitness around that point as well so I knew that I was under pressure I had to, had to perform and I think that even that day I was having a relatively good game but as I say these things these things happen in football and and, it, and it's how you and how you come back from them and, and you learn a lot during your time out but like you say it's, it's not a regret it's just a disappointment that it come at the time when I was I really felt like I was doing well. How do you deal with something like that mentally given you're obviously having a good run in the side and, and you're obviously playing some of your best football uh, to then kind of be told that you're not going to play the rest of the season um, and, you know, potentially the playoffs, if the club made the playoffs, uh, you'd miss out on those as well. Luckily, touch wood, it's the only um, serious injury I've actually had. Um, obviously, I remember getting stretched off. It's funny, actually. I remember I remember sitting on the, the physio bed, like, and obviously it was on TV, and I could, I could hear it all coming. Um, and I looked down at my, at my ankle, and there was no swelling. And I thought, hang on a minute, I've just got on a stretcher on TV, and I might have nothing wrong with me. Um, and then I stood up and my ankle had just completely ballooned. It, was, it looked like I'd had two ankles. Um, and the physio actually said at the time that he thought, he thought I might have broke my leg, um, which obviously 
hearing that so shortly after playing a game was was tough to take. Obviously, I had the the scan and it come back as just I just basically needed refurbishment of my of my ankle. All the ligaments were, were just all everywhere, and it's, it's the toughest part as a player. But um, as you say, I, in my head there, I was just gonna, I just looked at it as to how quickly can I get myself back fit, um, and I like to think I, I did really well with that. Yeah, and uh, as you say, while that's going on, the club, you know, they we do get into the playoffs and we play Millwall. And obviously we're defeated in that and that must have been a bit disappointing, you know, given the, the run the team have had, the start of the season, you know, where we were at Christmas. But how hard is it for you, like, watching on, knowing that either way you, you couldn't really, you know, affect the team? Yeah, it's, that's the toughest part of football. And obviously watching a game is, is actually the worst part um, when you're injured and you're out of the team. It, it's, it's hard. Um, but I think I mean, when we went to, we had a few of me and a couple of the injured lads went actually down to Millwall for the first leg and we got nil-nil and I thought, yeah, here we go. Like, I fancy our second leg at home. We were doing so well at the time. Um, I thought, yeah, we'll, we'll turn them over and it, it probably just comes as a shock watching that because we weren't, like we conceded three goals at home that day, something that we very rarely did at that time and it was just, after such a great season that we had, to end it like that was just, was just tough to take. Even not playing, I remember it affected me for a few days after and you, it was just scutting because that could have been such a such a great season and I still look back at that now and, and think what it could have been. Moving into that summer then and obviously you undergo surgery on the ankle um, and the club meanwhile have been out and they've signed Rory McArdle and Cameron Burgess and obviously there's, there's Wallace still at the club. So there's a lot more competition for places that following season. Given obviously you'd, you'd started to establish yourself in the side, was that a bit of a blow or did you use that as motivation to get fit and, and get back? ready to play again? I'll be honest, it probably was a bit of a blow. Um, that's probably my toughest period of my life. Not for that reason, but I remember speaking to the manager after the game, um, sorry, the meetings at the end of the season and he was like, this is your chance to establish yourself now. So I remember going away, I was, I was injured, I had the boot on, I managed to, get, I got my boot off and actually had a stag doing Ibiza. Um, I went out to Ibiza and unfortunately I had a phone call that my um, my mum passed away suddenly. Um, and so I flew back from Ibiza and instead of sitting there, I remember getting back, obviously it was just such a shock, but I got in my car, my, my leg was obviously very swollen at the time, I got in my car, go straight up to Scunthorpe the next day with physio and I thought, let's, I've, I've been told I'm going to be established, so let's, let's make sure that I'm ready come that first day of pre-season. And obviously after that, I see the names coming through the door and I thought, like, at the time they were... Big, obviously bigger names than me they come from the better places they've proven themselves at this level more than me and um, that was probably the that, it was a blow I didn't I didn't sort of think oh no that's sort of I'm going to be same old situation out of the squad or on the bench but it, it was a blow but I just I just tried to focus and, and get myself back in back in the mix as quickly as I could really so as Matt said, one of those players that did join was Cameron Burgess, and obviously he's got Fulham connections. I, th- I think that the two of you might have been there at the same time. Was he somebody that you knew? No, I didn't. I, I never actually met or, or played with uh, Cam before. Um, before he before he signed us, Um That's the first time I'd actually come across him. Obviously, I played against him when when he was on loan. I think at Oldham, but I'd, ne- I'd never come across him there before. Then obviously that summer. Well, sorry, that season. Um, Alexander changed the formation a little bit and went to a back five. And I think that was probably, as fans, we thought it was to accommodate Burgess. Obviously, paid some money for him. Um, and then Wallace switched to left back, which was, we, we thought it was a bit strange. Um, did you feel that was the right decision to do that? Because I think fans at the time questioned that. And, and that's when I think some fans started to lose patience with Alexander a little bit. Um, yeah, I can remember when Murray did play left back quite a few times and no disrespect to Mars because he's a great guy and I get on with him well still to this day. And, and he's actually playing left wing back in the championship. So he, he's proved himself at that level. But I'd have him left centre half all day, every day. I thought he was, I thought he was a really good player for Scunthorpe. And, and obviously he was leaving Connor Townsend out who, again, really good left back. And he's shown that because he's gone over, he's gone on into the championship and, and proved himself again, um, at a team that's fighting to get in the Premier League. So looking back, you can say, yeah, I probably would have gone with Murray and Connor but if results were slightly different we might we, we might have said it was, a, it, was a, it was a great decision by the manager but obviously things didn't work out that way 
You mentioned before that you know you had a good relationship with Wallace and with Murphy in that first season. Uh, given the the changes to the whole squad, you know, were the relationships still strong with McCardle and Burgess when they were coming in? And I guess when you were because you you did get to play with each of them along the way. Is was there one that you felt a bit more comfortable playing with than the other? Um, I think obviously when I first signed Murph, just I just really took to Murph. Um, he was a, he was a really really good person and, and he really helped me a lot during my early my early stages but Cam and Rory really great guys as well um, really really good really good pros do everything right obviously when when playing alongside each other it just didn't sort of work out for us it, it, we defended poorly at times um, as a two as a three and it, and it just didn't quite go to plan but during my best my best time playing at Stanford it was alongside Murray I felt, I felt comfortable um, obviously Murray's had Two really good seasons at Scunthorpe. He played every minute of one year, I remember, and I learned a lot from him. And as I say, my best time playing at Scunthorpe was, was definitely alongside him. I think the fans thought at one stage that he was trying to obviously accommodate all the defenders, and, and maybe that kind of had an effect on how we were playing, and you know maybe weren't playing to our strengths. Do you think that was the case? Yeah, yeah, I could probably I, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think obviously the year before there was only three centre backs, and it was it was Murray and Murphy's first choice for me as a backup. But then suddenly we had had you can probably say them three who came in as as first first choice centre halves, and I was sort of the one playing backup. Um, so you've gone from three, well, two first choice centre halves, and one who would at the time happily sit there as a backup to four centre-backs wanting to play every week. And like you say, looking back, he probably did try and fit as many of them as he could in the team at the time. I think when, you, when you're a manager and you do sign players, you're probably on, under pressure to sign the players that you've brought in and, and show people what they got. So like the season before, you know, it, it goes all right, but then things dip again after Christmas. Uh, and I think one of the big turning points uh, is obviously that Chris Lachetti leaves, he takes the job at Berry. Obviously, since we found out that that's been quite a significant factor in, I guess, why it went a little bit wrong, but was, was that the, uh, the feeling amongst the players? You know, do you all get on with him and, you know, how big an impact was he on the team? Yeah, Chris Lachetti was was a good guy. He was obviously Alexander's right-hand man and the conversation in the dressing room to the manager's office, he was the middleman in between it. So he would, anything we wanted, he'd come, in, come and ask us and he'd take it to the manager. And as a defender, we did a lot of work on the training pitch with Chris Lachetti. Just as a back four or the four centre-half, you do your head in or just, just something with your defensive game. So, as defenders, we were probably the closest people in, at the club to him. So, see him go, probably we didn't realise how big of a moment that would be. But obviously, I, I think for the manager as well, um, I think he probably felt a bit more on his own because obviously he, all, he always had Lecetti there. So, I, looking back, you probably wouldn't afford it, but I think that was actually a big moment, big moment for the club when he did leave. Neil McDonald was finally appointed as Graham Alexander's assistant. Obviously, that took quite a while to get done. Um, what were the differences between McDonald and Lucchetti? Um, obviously, we heard as fans that that potentially wasn't the best appointment. No, looking back, I probably I'd, I'd agree with you. I think it was just so different to what players we we were used to with Lucchetti. Um I know obviously Neil McDonald's had, had a great career in the game and worked under some great managers, but. I think it just wasn't the right fit for, for probably the manager and the club at the time and um, it probably didn't help him coming in because the results probably probably got worse from that point as well. So looking back, that was probably one, as again, like I said, Lucchetti leaving and him coming in was probably um, one of the key moments, I think, in, in the downfall that season. So as we said, you know, again, it's, it's, it's a really odd situation that we find ourselves in because it's almost a carbon copy of the season before. You know, we start well, you know, good position at Christmas and then it starts to fall away. What was the general feeling like in the dressing room at that time, given that it was almost a repeat of last season? Was was there a fear amongst the squad that we were going to, I guess, blow the position and fall out of the playoffs? It, it was such a strange a strange time because, like you say, it was literally identical to the, to the previous year. But as players, we were still coming in the building. We were still in a great position. We were still confident. We all enjoyed coming in. You, you can look back and maybe say, did we blow up two years running? Like... Obviously, we worked so hard during that first time of the season, and maybe maybe we we worked too hard and, and we blew up a little bit. That's that's maybe one of the things you could look at. But I remember, obviously, I, I wasn't involved at the time. And results that were happening at home, it was just it, just strange to see because we were conceding last minute goals near enough every week to lose games, and it 
obviously when that's the worst part of football you can see in the late goal when you've actually done all right on the day it just felt like everything was going against us at the time and obviously in the end it was it was the end of Alexander which was obviously quite sad after two really good seasons for the club yeah was that a shock to the players or was there a feeling at the time that you know something had to give eventually it's a tough one it's a tough one to look back on because I don't know would we fourth or fifth in the league at the time and, and to sack a manager when they are in that position it's like people looking in from the outside planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST didn't know would be, would be shocked and think nah, that's the wrong decision but it just did feel at that time that things just weren't going for us every result was was just going against us and and nothing was changing it just felt like that run might have just continued and continued so looking back you can probably say it might have been the right decision um, but you can still look back at Graham Alexander's career as Gunvald and say he did a really good job I think we've talked before in terms of that season where we almost made the playoffs in terms of how important momentum can be to a season uh, and obviously Nick and Andy come in and I think you, really we get back to basics. You know, we change the formation, the results start to pick up again. I think things like Connor Townsend back in at left back. Uh, do you think it was that sort of back to basic approach that really, you know, was the reason for us making the playoffs that year? Yeah, I'd say so. I think that was probably an easy easy decision for Nick Dawes just to come in and, and move Murray across and put Connor straight in. Because if you're if you're a player after a manager's gone, you, you're not going to knock on someone's door after that and say why why is this why is that. So I think that was the right thing to do. I think Hacks, Dwayne, they're all firing that day, and yeah, we 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 look. I think if I'm wrong, I think we drew one one, but we look good. And uh, yeah, you can say back to basics. But when when you are struggling, it's it's the best thing to do. Obviously, we do make the playoffs, and you're not involved in that playoff campaign. And again, for the second year running. As a player, obviously, you must know behind the scenes that players are going to be potentially moving on if if we don't get promoted. Um, so was it kind of sad watching that kind of second second leg at Rotherham, knowing that it was probably the end and the last time this team would play together? Yeah, yeah. It did feel like that a little bit. Obviously, I'd missed out on, on two playoff campaigns and I'd probably say under, under Nick Dorse, I never thought like he, he, he had taken to me or wanted me as his as his centre-half to be honest um, I I did knock on his door a few times to speak to him regarding it but I just never felt like I, I was going to get the opportunity and um, yeah I think I remember I think that was the year that Bish obviously said goodbye and there was, there was a few players that year and it felt like it was the end of a sort of a mini era for, for a few of the players and that have served the club so so well over time so it, it was a sad but we did come up against a, a good Rotherham team that night and yeah we, we just couldn't get the better of them unfortunately I think there's a, a bit of an assumption, really, that you know, for footballers, the ultimate aim is to get to Wembley. And obviously, you have achieved that recently, and we're going to chat about that a little bit later on. But does coming so close and having the two playoff campaigns, and then even the season beforehand when we were close to the playoffs, does that really, I guess, help that drive? Was that Did that then become a real aim for you to get to Wembley yourself? Yeah, of course. I think even just watching those those semi-final playoff games, they're, they're massive games. Like the, the atmosphere is always a sellout, both, both the home and away leg. And um, that's just something I wanted to be involved in. Um, and I was, I was desperate for it. The first year, obviously, I was injured and I was just desperate to, to prove myself and play on the big stage because that's when that's when the, the big players turn up. So, yeah, of course, people say, oh, I want to get to Wembley and all these things. But it is true because like you get past them two semi-finals and, and you're then on the biggest stage of all. So, yeah, I, can, I definitely think that's a, that's a big thing. 
there's obviously lots of changes in the summer and um, key players moving to championship clubs and you've mentioned players like Bish. How did that affect the morale of the players still at the club? Um, considering as well, a lot of the signings we did make came really late in the window. Yeah, I think that did affect. There were so many changes that year. Um, I think Connor went quite late in the window. So I remember he was there all pre-season. Um, Murray obviously went quite early and Dwayne went on deadline day, I think it was. And that, that was that was a big moment because looking back, that that pre-season was... It, it it wasn't up to standard. It was like if you compare it to to the the previous years where we were signing players and you knew you were coming in to prove yourself. And when a new player comes in the door straight away, if it's centre half or is any opposition, you know you've got to prove yourself. And it, there wasn't really any signings over that time that you can. We were like, wow, come on, we got her up here. And obviously they came so late in in, in the window, um, and that's we didn't really get a pre-season to work with each other and. I compare it to the Oscar years over under Alexander. Like we were working non-stop on our shape, how we play out, how we how we set up from different kind of things, and we never had that. So I don't think that preseason um, that that preseason didn't work at all. How was it? Um, obviously, the intensity that preseason because you know we, we've heard things that potentially um, the squad weren't obviously players coming in late doesn't help, but the players that did go to Austria that summer, um, you know, weren't put through the paces as much as previous years and. I think even even the chairman said that potentially the players weren't ready to start that season as they had been in previous years. Um, so, you know, yeah, what, why do you think that was? Why, what went wrong in Austria? I, th- I think obviously every every manager has a different way of doing things. Obviously, Graham Alexander's pre seasons were very very tough. So that first pre season after he had left, it was always going to be compared to that. And after two such good starts in the league for them two years, obviously Nick Dawes is going to be under pressure to replicate that and do it again. Um, I can say the pre season wasn't. It wasn't nowhere near as hard. Um, whether that's we obviously, I think the fitness man at the time, we were still showing similar numbers to what we were doing, but physically and mentally, you didn't get that feeling of, wow, that was a real tough day. You was, there's nothing you would do. You'd be laying in your bed on the Graham Alexander and just thinking, on oh, tomorrow's coming. You got to get yourself ready, ice, whatever. But you didn't, you didn't have the same feeling under that preseason. And uh, like you say, you could probably look back and say we probably weren't, we weren't as fit as we should have been. So, given all of that, that the you know the training sessions weren't up to scratch, the fact that the players were coming in a little bit late, you know, alongside that, you know, Wallace has gone to Millwall, Connor obviously West Brom, Holmes has gone as well. What was the mood of the squad like then? Did you think you were going to struggle, or do you just think it's just not going to be the same as last year? I'd, I'd never say you want to go into a season thinking you're going to struggle because you, you shouldn't be. Like, I wouldn't want to be looking at looking at it like that, but. Like you say, I think everything that's, that that preseason just came a little bit late. You didn't have the chance to work on things. And as players, you were sometimes looking at the door waiting for someone new to come in because I remember a few sessions we were training with a lot of the youth team lads and that had never happened the first two years before that. So um, I think there was many different things that season that, that probably didn't help Nick Dorse. But it, it, just felt, it just felt so much different to the previous years. But for what reason that was, I, I'm not quite sure. Obviously, Dawes is sacked very early on, really. Obviously, that 5 0 home defeat to Fleetwood and Stuart McCall replaces him. In hindsight, you know, if, if you're going to sack a manager that early, it, obviously, it was clear it wasn't working. Um, but would it have been better to potentially hire another manager in the summer and give them a full pre season to get their own players in? Yeah, you're probably right. I don't think you would ever expect to be sacking someone in August. And you can probably look back and say, obviously, it's all in hindsight. So you can look back and say we should have gone someone else or we should have done this. But still look at those two results that we had. It was 3-0 at Sunderland. It's 5-0 home to Fleetwood. It's manager is obviously going to get a lot of that, a lot of the uh, all the stick that comes in his way. But still, as players, like you don't get beaten 5-0 at home. That That's just something that can't happen. And yeah, obviously, we, we actually let Nick Dawes down that night. And obviously, the game before at Sunderland as well, because... Like I said before, you can't lose five nil at home. That, that that can't happen. And if you do lose five nil at home, it's it's common now in the modern day football that the manager normally normally see him leave. Stuart McCall came in as manager. Obviously, you only spent a couple of months playing under him. But in the short term, when he first walked through the door, what did he change? What was the differences between him and Dawes? I'll be honest. I really enjoyed working under Stuart McCall. I really liked him. He made it a more enjoyable place. Nick Dawson's training was not similar to Alexander, but obviously he was the coach, so he was still putting on some similar sessions. But um, at that point, there was Nick Dawson no longer there, and it was just all Stuart McCall and his assistant Kenny. So 
like I say, I really enjoyed it. It was it was different. You didn't know what to expect. And he just got us enjoying football again, really. Something we heard about McCall was that he, you know, he wasn't so bothered about the stats and, and the um, sort of the analysis side of the game. And he, he would rather kind of trust his own vision and, and judgment on, on things like that. And um, did that make it a little bit more enjoyable uh, for players? Yeah, I'd probably say so. Like, I think he's quite an old school manager. The, the stats is... A lot of managers now look at the stats a lot, and and obviously he was he was very different to them. But the way he came in straight away, like just I just the way he went about things, I, I liked it, I enjoyed it. It was different, and um, yeah, I think it's probably exactly what we needed at that time. So obviously, as we've said, you don't actually play all that much under Stuart McCall, and I think one of your last games for the club is is that two 0 defeat at Bradford, and you know it's it's a really bad performance, I think, from the squad all the way through. Uh, but you know, defensively, I think there's a lot of mistakes. I think McCardle in there. I think Burgess gets sent off in that one as well. Uh, what what was the reasoning behind? I guess not, maybe not just that game specifically, but performances like that. Do you think it was just a case of the team are really low on confidence? Yeah. Um, confidence is one thing I've learned is everything I, I remember making mistakes made one at Doncaster which was a poor mistake and it would come at a very important part of the game um, and obviously there were so many of, of you fans there and I felt like I, I, let, I let the club down that day and then even Bradford the next week um, I had a part to play in the first goal and, and yeah obviously m- me and Rory we had a mix up and it just that was the probably the hardest time so far that I've been through just because it just wasn't working. There was individual errors that we were doing at the back line. And it's just, as I say, it was so different to the previous years where we were so strong defensively. It was what we, we built Alexander's teams off was how strong we are defensively. And um, yeah, that was uh, probably the lowest confidence-wise that, that I've been and probably as a team as well. Personally, you've obviously gone on to do really well at Northampton and Burgess has had good spells elsewhere and, and obviously Rory has as well. So, you know, can you put your finger on why it didn't quite work out for you three that se- well, last season? It's, it's obviously it's hard for me to speak on, on, on their behalf. Um, but looking back at my time playing, I look back and obviously I, I was never cemented as a first-team regular. I never, I never felt like I was the first name on the team sheet. I never felt like the manager wanted me as the first name on the team sheet. And looking back, when I did get my chance, I was probably playing just to not make a mistake. So I was playing to not make a mistake just so I'll be able to play the next game. Whereas that's not how football works. You can't you, you can't play that way. Um, and obviously I've gone on and managers put a lot like just back to me really. And I knew whatever I did, whether I scored an own goal, whether I had three bad games on the spin, I, I just knew that I had I had the backing. And then suddenly the confidence comes and you start playing with freedom and then you suddenly start showing what you're all about. And I never really felt that I showed scum for the, the real player that I am. I think one thing that was happening quite a lot around that time, uh, again, squad wide, is that you know fans seemed to be turning uh, sometimes quite quickly on players in the games. You know there was a lot of pressure on, I think, on the team, and maybe that was what was leading to you know a few more mistakes than that we've had previously. Is is the sort of fan pressure something that does get to you personally as a player? I'll be honest, it doesn't it, it doesn't affect me too much. Like, I'm not really one of them who's going to read too much about it. Um, Obviously, I went through my sticky spell. I could tell the fans that were getting on my back, like, it's, it's going to happen. I made mistakes, and deservedly so. Um, the fans were getting on to me. But, yeah, I can say some of the players probably did look into it, and it, and it did affect them. Um, but, no, it's, it's one of them as a player. When, you, when you're doing bad, you're obviously going to hear all the stick. But when you're doing good, you get the other side of it. So, you just got to learn to live with both sides of that, I think. Do you think it got a little bit toxic at, at the end of your kind of spell at the club before you went out on loan to Northampton? Yeah, I could, you could say probably a little bit. I, as I say, I didn't really enjoy it that much during that spell, um, but that that wasn't because of getting stick or anything like that. That was just because that was me holding my hands up to individual errors and not not playing my best and costing the team points. And I look back at that season, and I was elsewhere for the final six months, but first thing you do is check the result and make sure I'm still in contract and make sure the club's doing well and I always wanted that to happen and it was just so sad to see the club go down in the end because after the, the previous seasons that they had before they didn't deserve to and um, yeah it was, it was a sad day the day they went down 
I think in your your final game though, uh, which is the away win at Peterborough, uh, winning two nil there, it's it's a really good win. Obviously, they were doing well. It's a really good performance as well. Uh, you know, we played some excellent stuff, so it must have been quite frustrating that you know that we had those performances in the locker. We just weren't seeing them regularly. Yeah, I think Peterborough were doing well at the time. I think they had Ivan up front. Um, mm. It was they had some really good players on show, and I don't think many people expected us to, to go there that day and, and turn them over two nil. I think. Stuart McCall might have changed the formation because I remember coming in and I think we went to a back three. Levi played at right wing back and, and it just worked. It just clicked. Lee Novak scored two great goals and we never really looked like losing that day. So it showed that obviously I don't think the squad as a whole was as strong as the previous two years, but we could still put on a, put on a good performance like we did. So of course it's, it's frustrating and obviously Stuart McCall, obviously I missed that part, but he ended up getting sacked as well and Obviously, I wasn't there at the time, but looking back, I I could honestly say that if he was in charge, I did not think they would go down at all. You mentioned there, obviously, McCall did change it a little bit. Peterborough, obviously, coming to the side and, and we get the win. And then that week, you're obviously moving on to Northampton. Um, was that your decision or was that the, the club's decision? Um, I mean, it just seems a bit strange that he would throw you into the side. Obviously, we, we have a really good performance. And then the next thing, you're, you're moving on. Yeah, I can't remember what the game was after Peterborough, but I know for a fact I wasn't involved and I did pick up a little niggle. I had a like a little burst through my knee, so I had that um, injected and with a week I was back fit, but in that week we signed two new centre-halves. So I'd come back from fitness and I'm fifth choice. So I knew at that point it was probably time for me to to go and play games. And to be honest, to be fair to Stuart McCall, like, managers might you might go and see him and they'll say no 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 I want you to stick around but you might never play but he just said listen like I've bring in two new centre halves and obviously you've you picked up an injury at a hard time and if you can get games and that's perfect and I'll always respect him for that because he was honest he's up front and he's, he's someone I still keep in contact with today uh, even though I didn't play or didn't show him what I could really do under his management I, I still respect him a hell of a lot. So was that the reason for the loan? Then obviously just getting games in was the fact that they were in League Two at the time. We were, you know, you dropping down a league. Was that not something that really concerned you? It was just a case of going to get some games in. Yeah, it was. Obviously, I was in League One at the time. I wanted to go on loan in League One. That didn't happen. Whether that was that was, I, I didn't really feel like I'd be allowed to to leave to a League One club. Obviously, given the situation that that, that they're in, and yeah, Northampton was one of the options at the time, and I left it to a deadline day because. I'll be honest. I wasn't sure. I didn't know what best what was the best for me, um, and I did sign there, and I lost four 0 on my debut. And I thought, oh god, what have I made the right decision there? But obviously, it worked out in the end. And yeah, it's, it's the best thing I did. To be honest, it was it, it was what I needed at that time. Obviously, a lot a lot of cost cutting at Granford Park that summer, and then um, you obviously move on to Northampton. Uh, obviously, Rory McCardle and Cameron Burgess are still under contract. So, do you think that was? maybe um, in the club's mind, you know, yeah, there's interest in you, so it was easier to move you on, obviously no interest in the other two, or was it a case that you just really enjoyed your time at Northampton and, you know, wanted to move there and, you know, kick on with them? Um, yeah, and obviously working under Keith Cole, I knew he wanted to bring me back, um, having spoken to him, but the club at the time didn't have a manager, um, Scunthorpe didn't have a manager, and um, I didn't, that summer, sorry, at the start of it, and I didn't really know where I stood. I did speak to Paul Hurst, and he, he just said, um, "Obviously, come, it's a clean slate. Come back and prove yourself." But like you say, I, I had some, some bits of interest in me, so maybe the club looked at it and thought, um, "Let's let's take advantage of that interest." And I, I remember the week leading up to the Spain trip, I did actually come back with a niggle, but the, lead, the week leading up to that, I, I weren't going on a trip, so that was the first click in my head that I thought, "Right, this is this is probably time to move on." Do you think the club had a long-term plan? Because obviously it all seemed very short-term in the sense that we obviously spent quite a lot of money aiming for the championship. And when that didn't materialise, obviously the the spending wasn't sustainable. And, and now you look at obviously the club now and um, they're obviously going to take a really youthful approach next season. Um, so do you think potentially you know, there could have been a bit more of a long-term plan as well as obviously going for it and, and aiming for the championship? I think you need a mix of both, don't you? You need you need to bring in some 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 youthful players that are going to have a long term future, and then obviously you need to back it up with the experience that makes the the, the younger ones work. And maybe look at it at that time. Maybe there wasn't a clear plan in place, but obviously now looking at it, it's it's obvious what what route the club are going down, and hopefully that pays off for them. I hope it does. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about Keith Kerr then, because we've already brought him up, and he's obviously been quite an important figure in developing you as a player. So what is he like compared to some of the managers that you've played with at Scunthorpe? How is he different? And then when you were there on loan initially, did he indicate to you that it was something that he was looking to make permanent at the time? Um, yeah, Keith Kerr's really good person. Really, really good person. Um, very different to some of the managers I've had before. Um, really good man management. Um, and yeah, he, he took a shine to me. I met him once and I knew straight away that I thought this was the right fit for me. Obviously, I made an impression and I could sort of just get the vibe towards the latter months that he, he liked me and he'd want me to come back and obviously getting into that summer then I found out that that was true. And yeah, like you say, when I did speak to him, it was the first thing on my head I thought it would be the best thing for me to do would be going and join him Yeah obviously not only um, signing you he obviously makes you captain as well um, was that a case of you know was it nice to feel sort of wanted and he's obviously put quite a lot of trust in you at that time to make you captain um, potentially you know it's a manager showing that trust in you and potentially the, the reassurance you've been looking for um, during your time at Scunthorpe Yeah I think um, that's probably the one thing I was lacking Obviously, Mark Robbins brought me in, and my time under the manager that assigned me was over within about five or six months. So, as I say earlier, the man- when the manager brings you in, they're sort of they're under pressure to maybe play you a little bit. And um, yeah, he made me captain, and I always knew at that point that 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 decision was either going to make or break me as a player. I knew I could be a leader, but whether I was ready for it, I, will, do you know what I mean, it was up to me to prove. But can sit here now and say it's, it's, yeah, it's the best thing that happened to me, to be honest. So you come back to Glanford Park with Northampton quite quickly, actually. Uh, what What is it like, I guess, in terms of, you know, mentally, you know, you've, you've been at this club for so long, you've, you've already said on here and elsewhere that perhaps the Scunthorpe's not seen the best of you. What What are you, what was your nerves like, I guess, coming back to Glanford Park? Or were you going with a with a point to prove, I guess? Yeah, I can I can say I was probably coming back with a with a point to prove. Just to, I started the season really well, um, and yeah, I was obviously going to just try and come back and sort of show show Scunthorpe what what they sort of missed. Really, um, that, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, we lost three 0 that day, and we were terrible. And yeah, deservedly so. Scunthorpe beat us three 0 um, Didn't get the greatest the greatest reception, and obviously at, at times the. The fans are on my back regarding the result, but that, that's just football. And um, yeah, like, like I say, I'll I'll always be thankful for, for Scunthorpe and, and I'll always watch out for them because if it wasn't for them, then I'll, I wouldn't be sitting here now where I am. So um, yeah, it was a disappointing day, but it was our turning point in the end that changed our season. Yeah, obviously you mentioned it's a 3-0 win for Scunthorpe there and that's probably one of our better performances of the season. I mean, there's, there's not been too many. Um, did you expect, given obviously how Scunthorpe performed that day, um, to see them struggling at the wrong end of the table again? Yeah, I, I, was, I was very shocked. Um, obviously, you had Rory at the back, you had Nose and Kev up front, you had Ryan Colclough on the left and you said Lee Novak and Kevin Van Veen in, in League Two, then I'm sure all the division would take them as as their two up front so I'd never expected to, to, to see Scunthorpe down there it's obviously it just didn't quite work out for Scunthorpe this year but I'm, I'm sure they'll be back and, and firing next year hopefully uh, this is something that we've actually had sent in from one of the listeners uh, and he's, he said something that we've noticed watching Northampton this year is that you've got a really good long throw uh, and is that something that you always knew that you could do or you know because that wasn't something that was utilized at Scunthorpe so you know what was the reasoning for that? I'll be honest, I, I don't have a clue where it's come from. <laughs> I played right right of a three and during my spell on loan last year, I played right back and obviously I was taking I was taking throw-ins and when you're taking them in your own half, you're just lobbing it as far as you can, to be honest. Um, got to the turn of the year this year and I think we played Burton in the FA Cup and I launched one in and it just went miles and I think the manager then looked at it and goes, yeah, we can use that. And yeah, I don't know where it's coming from, but it's slowly getting bigger and bigger. So um, it's a nice little, uh, a nice little thing to use. I think that's a good example of Keith Curl playing to his players' strengths, whereas at times at Scunthorpe we felt that we potentially wasn't playing to certain players' strengths. Would you would you kind of agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Um, Keith Curl will always find a way to use sort of anything he, he, he can spot. Um, obviously, I, I hardly took a throw-in during my, my whole time at Scunthorpe, so I've gone from taking no throw-ins to every single throw. Um, so I get asked this so, so often, but I just can't give an answer to it. It's just, it's just happened. And as I say, it's just slowly got bigger. And if I did have it, that's gone for it. But I, didn't, I might have, but I didn't really know about it, to be honest. 
All right, let's talk about the uh, the other game that you know you face, Scunthorpe. Because as you've said, the first time that we play Northampton that season, it's one of our better performances. The second time, it's one of our worst performances. I think we lose three 0 this time. Um, now, obviously, you're you're good mates with uh, Kev. I think I think that's well known. Uh, now he, of course, gets sent off. Now, what what's going on there? Because it doesn't seem like he touches you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is it's a tough one. Um, all I'll say was, Kev obviously like when he played against us, he had a he had a point to prove. He wanted to prove it, and yeah, he, he did it. He scored a great goal. Um, playing at home, I, I I didn't go about it in any different way that I would with any other striker. Um, obviously, I'm quite an aggressive centre half, um, and yeah, I just felt like when I went in for the the tackle, he reacted in in a way, and. He, you can say like I remember being at Scunthorpe and I can't, I can't remember when we played Doncaster and mm-hmm. someone stamped on me and I got straight up and jumped up and I remember getting told after the game that's a sending off because I've jumped up nothing's happened um, but he made contact with me um, in, and I got I got a reaction off him and um, you know what Kev's like he, he has that in him sometimes so it's one of them things I'd never want that to happen or fall out with someone for that but just football and I just did did everything I could to win the game. Are you still mates on the back of that or has that pretend, well, soured the relationship a little bit? No, listen, I, I I like Kev. I think he's, I got on really well with him. I lived next door for him for a few years but yeah, I'll be honest and, and tell you that I haven't, I haven't spoken to him since. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just one of them. It's football. Uh, maybe in the future we'll talk or we'll be friends or whatever but I have nothing, nothing but good things to say about him. I always got on with him well. Uh, let's move forward then to the end of this season then. Obviously, as we all know, football is interrupted and when we discover that we are going to be carrying on, you know, Northampton continue the run and you do get to Wembley in the playoffs. Now, I think there was some comments around there that you know people were saying, well, there's not going to be fans in, so do these games need to be played at Wembley? So, but as players, is it still important that it was held there? Yeah, of course. You might never get the opportunity to do so again, so... I would have thought it'd be a strange decision if they suddenly changed that. Obviously, they're taking all the safety measures to do it in the home and the away legs. So we obviously we we found out that it would be a Wembley, and we were delighted. But yeah, obviously, it was it was a very strange a strange feeling doing so. But yeah, I can I can say I'm probably one team to ever win at Wembley under the lowest ever attendance. Whether it's something to be proud of or not, I'm not sure. Did you adapt to that game quite quickly? Because obviously, there's a big thing about having no fans in the stadium. But as players, did it make much of a difference? Uh, it did make a. I, I do think it makes a big difference. I think um, fans affect affect results massively. I think we lost the first leg two 0 at home, and if we had had hard fans there, I would, I would have said that wouldn't have happened. You just find a lift; they lift you. Um, and also, we went to Charlton and we beat them three 0 And you could say the same thing. We wouldn't have beaten three 0 that night if they had a, a full house full of their lot as well. So it does make a big difference. We train at the stadium every day. We're used to the surroundings and. Yeah, we, we we just found a way to, to, to get through that, and um, yeah, we, our, the manager inspired us, and he just we just treated it as a, any normal game. Yeah, obviously um, winning at Wembley and, and promotion to League One, obviously a fantastic achievement. And last night, as well, you clear up at the end of the season awards. That must be um, that must have been pleasing for you as well. And I suppose it couldn't have gone much better, really, since leaving Scunthorpe. Um, must you must look back on that and joining Northampton and Curl as a really good decision. Yeah, yeah, it was as I say. Look, looking back, um, it was a turning point in my career. Obviously, I never really wanted to leave Scunthorpe. I really enjoyed my, my stay there, but it was it was a turning point in my career. It, it, it just seems like a great fit. I, the, the fans really taken to me, um, and obviously I, the awards last night is obviously a, a nice achievement to get alongside it. But I'd say when you sign for a club, three quarters of the managers in the division are going to say we're going to try and sneak in the playoffs for promotion. So make it actually happen after talking about it it's it, yeah it's something I'm immensely proud of uh, so obviously with that promotion and everybody watching it uh, things like that there's obviously lots of interest I think there's been reports linking you to other clubs uh, so will it be Northampton for you next year or are you aware of sort of firm interest from other places that are quite tempting no I'm, I'm a Northampton player um, I've got promoted and I'm, I'm the captain and I'm firmly focused on um, trying to cement ourselves in League One and have a really good season. Obviously, I'm aware of certain interests. You hear it a lot. People people tell you, people bring you, or, or you receive it off social media. I'm, I'm aware of it, but um, nothing changes. I'm, I'm a Northampton player, and, and that won't change until the last day I'm there. 
And then just to finish off, we'll just move into a couple of general ones then. And, um, you know, have you got a favourite game from your time at Scunthorpe? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, obviously, I'm guessing you want me to pick one that I've played in. <laughs> Peterborough wasn't bad. I didn't mind the Peterborough the year before as well. That's a good one. When we, I think we won 2-0. Kev scored a header. Um, Bish scored a little, it was like a body on the line in, in their half. And that was 2-0 away at, away at their place. So that, that was a nice one to play in, if I can remember rightly. You've, uh, we've mentioned throughout this interview that you've played under quite a few managers with Scunthorpe United in your time there. Was there one that suited you the best, do you think? I would have liked to have played a bit longer under Mark Robbins. I would have liked to see how I would have changed as a player under him. Um, but yeah, great. I, as I look back, Graham Alexander's period when I played my best football, he probably did suit me the best, to be honest. Um, I just didn't quite get, quite get the game time I was after. I think just to finish then, how would you sum up your time at Scunthorpe United? It was life-changing, something I'm, I'm definitely proud of, um, obviously signing and playing for the club, but I do have regrets because I left the club without showing people what I'm all about and, and the way I play the game, um, but I think I can always hold, hold my head up high that every time I pulled on the shirt, I, I gave 100% every single time, and whether that's including making mistakes, which I did do and I, I was well aware of, but one thing I'll always ask myself is that I leave everything out there and, and I can be proud to say that. And as Matt said, I think we'll leave it there. So that's been really interesting. And Charlie, we wish you all the best going forward. But thank you very much for joining us on this. It's been great. No problem. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And thank you very much for listening to this. And we'll see you on the next one. Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.